Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. I have some notes. Yes, sir. Good. Good notes. I'll start off with the question that I asked you last time that you were well prepared for this time. (laughs) What is your definition of masculinity? I would say it's almost indefinable, but the definition <clears throat> is linked to biology and it's a choice. I would say what we've, what we've discovered so far is this, right? It exists in a general sense in all men, but then the beauty is that it exists in a very specific sense in all men. And I don't like lack of clarity. I don't like it. So if you see me squirming and if people listening to this are thinking, oh, Shannon, you're getting kind of, you're getting kind of squishy here. Boy, you really uh, dodged that question, <laughs> didn't you? That's right. Are that's you right. a politician? <laughs> uh, well, I got to tell you a funny story. I, I, I came back from Afghanistan. Um, I was in Afghanistan for 14 months. I've struggled with my temper my whole life. Mm. I'm a very intense person. I'm very passionate and I don't mind being the most intense guy in the room. Okay. In Afghanistan, we were under pretty significant pressure in a variety of ways, in a variety of places, with a variety of people. Uh, we were working at very close quarters, and uh, I was there as a contractor, so I wasn't on active duty. And um, I was having a, a little bit of a contentious discussion with a group of men, all Americans, and one of them, one of them said to the other and referred to me, and they said, well, Shannon's a nice guy. I flipped out. And I became so confrontational with this guy. And I said, let me tell you something. I used a lot of profanity. I said, I am a lot of things. I am not a nice guy. And if you think I'm a nice guy, and I went on and on and on and on. And he's looking at me and his eyes got big. And he was a very solid, capable man. He out, <laughs> outweighed me, bigger than me. And, 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 and I went up, when I went back and apologized to him, he said, brother. <laughs> he said, I get it. I know right what you were saying. Now, the reason I bring this up is you say, are you a politician? I am not a politician. <laughs> I am not a nice guy. However, in my search for clarity for this question, what is masculinity? I think about it all the time. You know, what is the definition? Well, there was a time when none of us had to even ask that question. Mm-hmm. If you're a man, you're masculine. Um, but what I'm discovering is that there is masculinity in a general sense. Mm-hmm. There's masculinity in an individual sense. The two supplement each other, and it's a choice. Each man must make a choice. How masculine do I want to be? How true do I want to be to myself? And we're in a process of going through this this, this discovery. So in a way, perhaps the ambiguity is good. Did, yeah. I, did I answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because I think one thing I think about, and the reason I lean into this mm, yeah. feeling is – no, what is it when people say, like, she's masculine, she's a masculine right. woman? Yeah. And I don't mean with yeah. physical characteristics. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so well, where does that fall? And yeah. I think that's kind of why I have this issue, like, oh, so then you don't fit in, you know, if you're a woman with more mass, quote, ma- anyway. Well, 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 here's what I would say is human beings are, are endlessly complex. Endlessly complex, and one of the one of my favorite characters in in literature and, and on television is is Brienne of Tarth on Game of Thrones. Okay, here is a woman. Biologically, she is a woman. She is she defeats my favorite character in the series, which we, is the we Hound. Watched it. Yet. Okay, all right. Well, people, Spoiler your listeners, alert, your, your listeners will have will have heard this, right? Yeah. yeah. She's a very 
by by all let, let's let's put it carefully mm-hmm. by all conventional definitions mm-hmm. she is a very masculine woman and mm-hmm. yet nonetheless feminine for it mm-hmm. So she takes to herself certain qualities associated with the masculine. Mm-hmm. She deploys them to great effect, and yet she's no less feminine. Mm-hmm. So here's the question, and here's the interesting thing. You know, they say every generation thinks it discovered sex, right? Mm-hmm. If we really look into all the controversial topics that we discuss these days, mm-hmm. they're not new at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to me because people say, oh, they're so shocked. Now, come on, man. Read your history, right? This goes way back. Yeah. So I think your question is a great one, and that is – as we, as we throw these terms around, the masculine, the feminine, male, female, what I would say is we must have some grounding. And the grounding is biology matters. Mm-hmm. We inhabit these bodies. Our DNA, our chromosomes, determine a lot of what we are. Mm-hmm. Here's the question you have to ask. And the answer can can comfort you or make you uncomfortable or it can cause us all to lean in or, or, or lean back. Yeah. Right? What is the one thing only men can do? What is the one thing only women can do? Now, we don't have to answer that question on the air. I would ask, but but it's an important question to ask mm-hmm. because precision in thinking is vital. Mm-hmm. Now, human beings, will there will always be an exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. We live in an imper- imperfect world, right? So somebody who wants perfection and, 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 and consistency and that it will never, ever, ever vary, that's just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But as a rule, what is it that only women can do? What is it that only men can do? And from there, you start to move toward the center and say, okay, what can we each share? Did I answer your question? I think so. I'm happy with it, even if you didn't. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, I can't remember. So well, because okay. men, because likewise, you'll see men. I'm still caught on like sperm and baby. That's really, that's the answer. I was like, so well, once you asked a question, that's where I bring well, one. So. Well, yeah, I, th- I think the answer is, yeah. I think the answer is only women can give birth and only men can give life. Right? Mm. Now, that's the traditional answer. Okay. Okay. Now, as we proceed as a society and as a world, are those answers changing? Perhaps. I don't know. Um, what does it mean, right? Let's have that discussion and talk it through. Yeah. What are the implications for human beings, you know, as we go through those things? But likewise, you say, you know, a, a woman has masculine characteristics. A man may have some traditionally feminine characteristics. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? But who even decided those words? I mean, that's part of it, too. Well, it goes back to being linked to, but there are differences, right? Men yeah. and women, there are, there are differences. Yeah. And and this is statistically borne out. Here's some things that we know. Men and women are equally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Right? Human behavior has indicated men and women are very different in what they voluntarily choose. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would I would I would refer people to Jordan Peterson for this. That's mm-hmm. very important. Yeah. So I would say traditional knowledge, there's great, great wisdom in tradition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, that's what I would say. There's wisdom in tradition. And in complex systems, odds are, if we go trying to mani- manipulate it, it's more likely we'll mess it up than improve it. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more complex than the relationship between the sexes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so Very true. Let's just proceed with caution. Very yeah. true. Great. What's your other Well, thing? that brings me to the next thing I wanted to bring up was uh, you guys were talking about marriage. Yes. You know, a husband and a wife. Right. And – I don't know that it was explicitly – I think you said in a marriage, you have to be treated – you have to treat each other as equals. Yes. 
And I, I think another aspect of that I don't think I touched on was that take Samantha and I, for example, I think we treat each other as equals and I see in her traits that I will not have in myself. And I think vice versa. I hope vice versa. <laughs> and the, the goal I think of, of our marriage at least is I want her to want to be a better person through me. Right. I want to be a better person through her. Yeah. So to have conversations where we have differing opinions or to have uh, discussions about hard topics, yeah, um, sex or whatever the topic du jour is, um, to to come to uh, maybe not an agreement all the time, but to come to a, a consensus in our relationship depending on, on the topic, I think that shows that we both want to improve ourselves through each other. Absolutely. That's not really a question. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no. That was, I was waiting for <laughs> Well, no, well, no, no and, 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 well, because we're, we're doing this together, right? Mm-hmm. When I say we, yeah. I don't just mean the three of us. We're all part of this conversation. Right. And we all hope to be better. I mean, I at, at least I – that's the hope, and well, that's where I run into red flags with people is when they don't want to be better, or at least I, I don't see that. That, for me, is kind of a but, red but flag. But I think it was the, the discussion you guys were having where you see in marriages a lot where they obviously don't think of each other on the same level. You know, Samantha and I, we are, we're, we're both here, and I'm using my hands because this is visual. Right. Um, we're on the same level. Yes, but even on the podcast, no, but you know. <laughs> so we're on the same level. I think our we agree we're both on the same level, but I think that there are relationships out there where the man is here and the woman is here, uh, way above, or or, or even or, or vice, even versa. vice versa, right? right. Oh, of course, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that balance needs to be uh, that we need to have that balance that in relationships. Back to the contract that you talked about. Well, I think it, uh, that I th- I would say it, I would say it does. Yeah. Right. What, what I would say also is it starts with articulating precisely what the what the ideal is. Right. So it starts with articulating precisely what the ideal is. Mm-hmm. Here is my assertion: Men and women are completely equal and completely different. Yeah. We have mm-hmm. strengths. Each of us has strengths, each of us has weaknesses, both as individuals, but each has sexes, right? Mm-hmm. And and the beauty of marriage is that if you make it exclusive permanent from a guy who's divorced, mm-hmm. says the guy who's divorced, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So we're all flawed. Nothing is perfect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If, if you say, okay, marriage is exclusive and permanent, the fire that it takes to build a marriage and to raise a family is so intense, you've got to have that solid framework. And in that solid framework, these intense, these intense chemical reactions that are <laughs> thermonuclear, right? They make us better, right? What do they say? The hotter the fire, the stronger the steel. Oh, yeah. The greater the pressure, the brighter the diamond, right? Yeah. That's, that's where the good comes. And I've been talking to one of my children just the other day because we as a family have been going through a lot of difficulty recently. And, and one of our teenagers was rebelling a little bit and she was upset because she thought she'd upset my wife. And I said, mm-hmm. hey, in families, you upset each other. That's okay. You're not going to break the framework. Mm. And that's how we all improve because we got to be in a strong framework. And I think husbands and wives need to recognize, hey, man, you know, we're equal. We're both strong. We're going to contend. Let's not hurt the framework. Let's fight so we both win. Yeah. Right. That's great. I'm going to ask you a qu- – do you have another question? I've got multiple questions. Okay. Yeah. Well, the question I want to ask because that we mentioned earlier about trying to figure out the – 
niche consistency of the podcast. If I were to ask you, what's your story and why? Can you give a concise answer for that? I'm in search of the truth. I'm trying to be a better man. My wife is helping me in both of those efforts. And why or how are you achieving that? There are three. Okay. I, I got to answer this. I gotta you got to do it. Three, do three it. questions I asked when I was 15. Is there such a thing as objective truth? That's the question number one. Yes or no. Is it possible to know the truth? That's question number two. Third question is, and this is just my journey, okay? Was Jesus Christ the Son of God? Mm-hmm. Is Jesus Christ the Son of God? If you ask yourself those, th- if, if I ask myself those three questions, mm-hmm. that put me on the journey I'm on today. Is there such a thing as objective truth? Yes or no. Is it possible to know the truth? Yes or no. Is Jesus Christ the Son of God? Wow. To me, Based on the boldness of the declaration in the Bible, every human being, every human being, I mean, I've looked at Buddhism, I've looked Mm -hmm. at Hinduism, I've looked at many, many different religions. I think everyone must ask that question. And then the answer that you get, live your life accordingly. Even if you come up at a different answer. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, but you got to ask the question. To me, the first two are the most important. Yeah. Is there such a thing as objective truth? Is it possible to know the truth? Maybe the third one is, for me it was, is Jesus Christ the Son of God? Mm -hmm. The third one might be, what am I doing to find out? Mm. Maybe that's a question. Mm. What obligation do I have to find out? Yeah. And that put you on the path to where you are today. Those three questions when I was 15, yes. And led you. And so now you're working that out through... I would ask, are you working that out and helping other men through authentic masculinity? And that drives your passion for authentic masculinity? I can only hope my answer to that question is yes. I hope it's making me better. Here's the funny thing, right? They say about God, and I think about a lot of things, the closer you get to it, the further you realize you are from it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. say to yourself, oh, when I was 30, I thought I was on the path. Yes. Now I'm just a train wreck. I'm 59, yeah. and I've been working hard at it. You know, yeah. the more you learn, the more the, you, the more you don't you realize you don't know. The more I learn, yeah. the less I know. All right, well, let's wrap up. I have your three questions. questions. I'm going to wrap two of them together and hopefully just end with that. Yes, sir. At least for me. Yes, sir. Um, so I have a, a a couple of of notes here. One, men needing gangs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, another one that kind of ties in with the the uh, bonfire. Um, yeah. And sitting shoulder to shoulder with another man, staring at the fire, right. opening up. Powerful. So it it seems to me that that gangs are you know the, you you look at little boys yeah. they they have a band of friends and they yeah. get together and they wrestle and they they yeah. go and build forts and they go out on conquests with wooden sticks pretending to be swords. They're they're gangs. Dude. They, they have gangs. They're Dude. doing. Yeah. It's cultivated at such an early age. Yeah. And then. Something happens. Yes. My my contention right now, at least my thought, is is technology, um, right? The relationships that they have don't right. continue, right? And and I think nowadays there's there's so much technology out there where uh, my son can sit down in the living room right. and play video games, right. and there is a, right. a somewhat of a connection where you can play with a friend online, but that is not sitting shoulder to shoulder in front of a fire right. and talking that right. it's very uh, it, it's very separated from an actual relationship in yes. my opinion. Yeah. 
And so there's more observation, but there is a, a question involved, and it's where are the phones during bonfires? Mm. Gone. Good. Gone. Yeah. But here's what's interesting. Because I, I feel like that would be just a huge distraction. Right. They're, but they're gone by mutual agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't say right. put your phone away. My goal is to make the value of the conversation so rich mm-hmm. that people don't want to use their phones. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, I can remember the first time I saw a man texting, I thought it was unmanly okay. to text. I did. Sure. Yeah. But now I text. Yeah. And so I asked myself recently, I'll tell you, I'll give you one quick example. I have found that phones and technology can be, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, uh, the right word. I, I, I believe that handheld phones, these, these devices that we all use and that we need and that are so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can be, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they can be. Uh, if I could. Yeah, please. A, a please. useful tool. Well, what I say is good, good servant, bad master. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good, like money. They right? can be used for good or evil. But, yes. but I would say okay. inherently they chip away at your masculinity. Okay. They chip away at it because it's almost it's it, you become needy. Mm-hmm. You become over reliant because yeah. they're so seductive and they're so powerful and they're so good, right? So I would say proceed with caution. But I can remember the first time I saw a man texting. Mm-hmm. There was something about the smallness of it. <laughs> that troubled me, right? And, sure. and And I can't explain why. And I remember looking at it thinking, Ugh. my my response was visceral, right? Yeah. It's sort of, I got to communicate. And yeah. I want somebody to communicate with me. And, oh, it's, does anybody need me? It's this social media phenomenon, too. How am I doing? I'm constantly checking. Oh, I'm worried. You know? And you say to yourself, well, is there good to be got? Well, yeah, there is good to be got. Is there utility? Of course there's utility. You know, how is it different from a compass? A compass tells me where I am. Sure. I'm checking it every day. How's it different from, from the, from a gas gauge on a car? Mm-hmm. How's it different? Well, it's not emotional. It's not tied up with need. I don't know. It's a great question. Yeah. So yeah. At, the, at the fire, men tend to put their phones away. And, and I found that when they bring them out, they're a little, they're, we're, we're all a little sort of, uh, dude, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm checking. And, and, and yet, and yet, and I'm yet, on call. Yeah. Well, but, but we are. Here's the thing though. This is why I get excited. Men don't want to neglect their wives. Every man that comes to the fire wants to be better brother, better husband, better father, better son. And they want to learn how to serve the women in their lives better. Mm-hmm. The phone plays a role. Go yeah. Ahead. And well, I just had a, a, a thought. It's just, I, I don't know where my thoughts would actually go on it, but the phone gives constant communication. That's not good. And you would think that right. constant communication right. would help build relationships. No. And it really doesn't. We all know it doesn't, right? When I right. say this, we all know it doesn't. We all know it does, and we all know it doesn't. Well, right? like social media, there's yeah. a lot of uh, uh, fake, just uh, not fakeness. I don't know what the, the word is. Artificiality. Yeah, mm-hmm. artificiality. Yeah. Uh, look at how great everything is yeah. mm-hmm. with my life. Yeah. Yeah. And whether that's true or not, we look at it and then we we want that for ourselves that those connections it, are it promotes envy, it promotes yes. dissatisfaction, mm-hmm. it promotes insecurity. Yeah. Why? Cuz I'm comparing my interior to your exterior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a right. present social media is a presentation versus a conversation. And I remember mm-hmm. I think in our last conversation I I think I may have brought up this question of um emotional chastity. Mm. This idea of sharing emotionally um, powerful events in a way 
No, it's emotional prom- promiscuity or yeah, emotional promiscuity. Yeah, emotional promiscuity, right. where you're you're taking something that is inherently valuable, a child's birthday party. Um, uh, you're taking your uh, father taking her daughter, his daughter uh, on a date, sixteen year old on a date, fifteen year old on a date, and sharing that on social media and sort of throwing it out to the world, mm-hmm. rather than saying, "No, wait a minute, this is an intimate, special, sacred moment." We keep, keep it to our family, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what's happening is people are showing too much. They're sharing too much. Mm. And that assaults that assaults our sense of, of, of propriety. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. I mean, that's why I think we're in – I've been feeling a, this tension lately as we continue down this journey of the podcast of how much do we want to share and how much do we not. After one of our conversations, mm-hmm. I had this sense of – have I been respectful of others? Did I say it the mm-hmm. right way? Am I going to regret what I said? Is someone yeah. going to, you know, am I going to hurt somebody? Uh, you know, and men and women share different yeah. things and they share them in a different way. Mm-hmm. So these are vital conversations. Yeah. I, 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 th- I thank yeah. you for that great question. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, that's something we need to keep leaning into. Like yeah. And that's, Jeremy that's and another I, thing so. that I've, I've learned through the editing process. What, what do I leave in? What do I, what do I cut out? And if I, you know, am I being respectful to you, Shannon? When I when I edit this, do I have you in mind? Do I have the audience in mind? Do I have my self-interest in mind? And, and this goes back to the definition of love. Willing the, other, willing the good of the other as other. Yeah. Right? Willing the good of the other as other and placing myself in a position of service. That's what you're doing. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Sam, that's what you're doing. Hopefully, yeah. that's what we're all trying to do as human beings walking the planet. Yeah. Let love. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I had to write down your uh, – I quoted it, and I wrote down the time. This podcast is heroic. Yes, thank you. It, it is. It is heroic. It's, <laughs> thank you. It is heroic because it's yes. scary. It is scary. It requires courage. That's the right path. If it's scary and yeah. requires courage, make that choice. Woo! Amen. Well, that is a great note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, Shannon, for coming and sharing and being so open. It's a great privilege. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, both of you, Jeremy and Samantha. That's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by TwinMusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.